If you have your Bibles and you want to turn along, uh, follow along, it'll be in Acts chapter 17 this morning. Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. Uh, I'll be starting with verse 1. And I want you to know, as I was uh, preparing for this message this morning, and um, I, I was thinking about how we are, we are monumental people. Um, we have, uh, what we do is when things, significant events happen, we tend to make monuments out of them or memorials. We, we have over 114 monuments, national monuments, uh, across 30 states. And just, just here in this country. Um, and, and then there's, there's national memorials, which are different. And I was thinking about this because Memorial Day is coming up and uh, what it stands for. And uh, National memorials are something that a president is able to, to declare as a national memorial. And it usually represents a person or a significant event uh, that either has happened uh, in this country or on um, people's lives. And there are 35 of those. And those consist of things, um, everything from like the Washington Monument, the Jefferson Memorial, all the way to the most recent one that, the, uh, that we established, which was the World War I Memorial, which was dedicated uh, last year, 2014. And we as m- memorial type people, that's what we do. And I was thinking about the Bible. And even in the Old Testament, you can read about the memorials that were set up for God and things that God did in people's lives. And, and that just goes to show you how important a memorial is, not just to us, but to God as well. You can read in the Bible, in the Old Testament, um, about um, Jacob. When he had his dream, it said that he woke up, and it, the pillow, or the rock that he used as a pillow, he took it and made an altar out of it, and made it a memorial for God, because of the dream that he had and what God spoke to him. Uh, you can also read about when they crossed the river of Jordan. And after they crossed, God told them to go down to the bottom of the river because the river was parted and get the largest rocks they could find. And they brought them back up and they built a memorial. And he said, this will be for your children's childrens and generations to come to see what I did for you on this day. And I was also thinking about David. Uh, and David, was, you know, when he killed Goliath and what he might have done with that sword and maybe have hung it over his bed so that every morning he woke up, he could see exactly uh, what... Uh, um, he, God did for him on that, on that day to know that no matter what he was going to face that day, uh, that, that nothing was going to be bigger than that giant that God defeated through him. And I was thinking about the New Testament, and, and I was looking for some memorials there, and you really can't find a lot. And I thought that was kind of weird. And I was thinking about the cross and, and how it hangs here and how we wear it as jewelry and how we have pictures of it in our, in our, in our house and how we kind of treat that as a memorial. But I want you to understand something this morning. And this is the message that God laid on my heart this morning was that a memorial is something to signify an event that has happened and is done with. Okay? The cross this morning is not a memorial because God is not done. Amen? Amen. We, we can read about uh, in the New Testament about how he hung on the cross and died and how they laid him in the tomb, but that is not a memorial, that is a movement. And that's what I want to preach about this morning. And if you have your Bibles this morning, Acts chapter 17, verse 1, and if I can have that everybody is able, stand for the reading of God's Word. <clears throat> Acts chapter 17, verse 1, it says this, Now when they had passed through... and in Philippus, in Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica. And there was the synagogue of the Jews. 
And Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them, and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the Scriptures, opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead, and that this Jesus whom I preach unto you is Christ. And some of them believed and consorted with Paul and Silas, and of the devout Greeks a great multitude, and of the chief women not a few. Verse 5 says, But the Jews which believed not moved with envy, took unto them certain lewd fellows of the uh, baser sort, and gathered a company, and set all the city on an uproar, and assaulted the house of Jason, and sought to bring them out to the people. And when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren under the rulers of the city, crying, These that have turned the world upside down are come hither also. Let us pray this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we come to you. And God, we're so thankful to be able to stand in your presence this morning, God. We are thankful to be able to stand and listen to you speak to us, God. God, I pray this morning, Lord, that you will use me as a vessel for you, God. I pray uh, that you will give me the words to preach this morning, God. God, I pray that each and every one of us here this morning, that we have come open and ready and prepared uh, to receive your word this morning, God. I pray, uh, God, that you will uh, just make us a little bit uncomfortable, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you will convict our hearts, God. I am thankful, God, for what you will do this morning in our lives as Christians, God, and in this church. Uh, God, I pray that you'll just shake us up this morning, God, and You'll uh, wake us up this morning, God, and show us uh, that uh, we are not part of a memorial, God, but we're part of a movement, Lord. Uh, God, I want you, I pray that you'll just uh, move in this church, God, and that your spirit will flow freely this morning. Uh, God, we pray if there's someone maybe here that's lost uh, or has a need, Lord, or something they've been struggling with, God, that they'll uh, be willing to make a movement this morning, Lord, and come and give it to you, God. Uh, God, we give you the praise and glory for everything we do in your precious name. Amen. You may be seated. I was reading this scripture and that really stuck out to me. I was, I was work, on my way to work this week. I was flying and the Lord laid this message on my heart. And I'm telling you, I was so on fire. I was about to stand up and start preaching on the plane. And uh, it says, that turn, the people that turned the world upside down. And I was wondering who would say that about us as Christians. Amen. Think about this just for one second. Uh, 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 Paul and Silas and Timothy here, uh, they had only been at this point to one place. They were coming out of Philippi. In Philippi, they were coming from uh, uh, seeing God move in this place. They were coming from uh, being beaten and being persecuted, being thrown in jail. This was just after Paul and Silas was in jail and, and the doors were opened up. Uh, this is just after that. They were, they were accused and beaten and persecuted for Christ, but yet they walked away rejoicing, and they'd done so much just in that one place that that what they had done spread uh, to Thessalonica, and they said, the people that have turned the world upside down, I want you to understand something this morning, that us as Christians, it seems that we are more interested in being part of a memorial at times uh, than we are uh, uh, interested in being part of the movement, amen? Uh, Shake your head, that's truth. I've been, I've preached in a lot of churches, and sometimes it feels like uh, there's just nobody out there sometimes. I was thinking uh, that me and my wife, we, we live in Richmond. We're on our, getting ready to move back. But they're, uh, usually on Sunday nights, we're driving home. And, and by the time we get home, Landon is in the back seat. He is snoring and he is just sleeping, uh, like just so heavy, no, none other than you can believe. And we'll get there and we'll say, Landon, wake up. We're home. It's time to get up. And we got to go in the house. And, and he'll just keep snoring. And then uh, we'll, we'll sp- speak a little bit louder. Say, Landon, wake up. It's time to get up. We got to go in the house. And he just keeps uh, sleeping like we're not even talking. 
talking to him. And then I'll reach back there and I'll shake his uh, knee a little bit. And then he'll just ignore me and keep sleeping like it never happened. So I'll shake his knee a little bit harder. And then sometimes he might swap my leg away, uh, my hand away, but he keeps sleeping. Uh, and then I'll get around. I'll get out of the car. I'll come around the other side. I'll open the door up and I'll grab his shoulders and I'll start shaking him. I'll say, Landon, uh, wake up. We need to go inside because he's so heavy and so big. You can't just carry him anymore. And I was and I was thinking sometimes that that's what God is doing to us. We're in the church. Uh, for, bear with me this morning. And we, uh, we, we might be sleeping, if you will, spiritually. Uh, we come to church and we feel good about sitting in the pew and we feel good about shaking hands and we feel good about uh, having our face seen, so to speak. And we feel good about hearing the preacher preach and leaving and then not coming back until the next Sunday. Uh, it makes us feel better because we give God that one day. Uh, but I want you to t- know, know something this morning that God wants you to participate in church. Uh, what I mean in that, look, is that he wants you to come prepared uh, to hear his word this morning. He wants you to come ready. He wants to. He wants you to come with an open heart and an open mind so that he can speak to you. Uh, I, wanna, I want you to know something this morning when we come into church and we bring everything we've brought uh, all week that we've been dealing with and we bring it and we sit it down with us and wh- that's all we're thinking about through the service. God is maybe trying to speak to us, uh, but we are not able to be spoken to uh, because we're so wrapped up in what we're dealing with in the world. Uh, God wants you to be prepared to hear what he has to say to you uh, with an open mind, an open heart uh, so he can bring conviction or or direction or strength into your life. And I want you to understand this morning uh, that sometimes we are just like my son uh, sleeping in the back seat uh, God saying, hey, it's time to wake up. I'm about to do something big and we just ignore him and we keep sleeping. And he says, hey, talks a little bit louder. It's time to wake up. I'm about to do something big and we just keep snoring and keep sleeping. And And then he starts to shake us a little bit. He says, hey, it's time to wake up. I'm about to do something and we just keep sleeping and it's like, what can he do to get our attention? I want you to know something uh, that sometimes God will shake you up uh, to get your attention. He will shake you so uh, violently. He will shake your life uh, so that he can just get your attention because he created you this morning uh, for a purpose. Stay with me this morning, church. He created you this morning for a purpose. He has a plan uh, for your life and when he looks at you, he looks at somebody who can be better. He looks at somebody who has a big Bigger, uh, plan. He looks at somebody who's going to make a big impact. He's looking at you and saying, you should be turning the world upside down. Uh, do people talk about you that way? Are you someone that turns the world upside down? Uh, when you get up in the morning, is the devil terrified? I want you to know something this morning that God is looking at you this morning and he says, I have something bigger for you. I need you to wake up. So he starts shaking you a little bit. Uh, let's stay with me, friends. I want to share a story with you this morning. It comes out of the book of Daniel, chapter 5. There was a uh, king by the name of Belshazzar. Uh, Listen, friends, I want you to understand something. Uh, Belshazzar was just having a good life. Uh, He was rich and wealthy and had thousands and thousands of friends and concubines and servants. Uh, Listen, as he was uh, throwing a party for himself, oh, uh, friends, he had all his friends come over and it said that they drank and they were merry. It said thousands of them were there. Uh, Listen, friends, and and as they were there partying and having a good time, uh, listen, friends, uh, all of a sudden it said in the candlelight there was a hand that came out and started to write on the wall and it said that Belshazzar could see the hand in the candlelight and listen it said that and this is the scripture it says that his countenance changed and it said that his thoughts uh, troubled him uh, so much so that as he started to shake uh, his loins were loosed about his knees 
Listen, friends, I want you to understand something. I was thinking as I was on that plane flying and God was giving me that message and we started to fly uh, through some rough turbulence. Have you ever been on a rough plane? I fly all the time and uh, I have been on my share of flights where I wish I wasn't on that plane. But I want you to understand something. As I was sitting there on the plane, the pilot came over the loudspeaker and he asked the flight attendants to sit down and buckle up because he knew uh, that things were about to get rough. The plane was going to shake. Things were going to start to move around. And if you weren't strapped in... If you weren't secure, if you weren't uh, ready for that, uh, it might be a little bit dangerous for you. Are you following me this morning, friends? And Belshazzar uh, wasn't ready uh, for the hand of God uh, to write his fate on the wall. And he was scared to death uh, so much so that he started to shake. And they said that the loins just uh, fell off his legs. Uh, Listen, friends, and I want you to know this morning uh, that sometimes God will take your life and he will start to shake it up. uh, Not because he wants you to go through troubles and trials, uh, not because he's a uh, he's just trying to make your life harder, but because he's trying to get your attention this morning, because when he looks at you, he says, I see somebody better. Uh, listen, you should, uh, I know you can read more. Uh, listen, I need you to wake up. I see somebody better. I know you can go to church more. I need you to wake up. I see something better. I know that you can be a more of a witness. I need you to wake up. I know that you can go on a mission trip. I need you to wake up. I know that you can preach. I need you to wake up. I know that you can sing. I need you to wake up. I know that you can move for me. I know that you can shake the world. I know that you can do this because that's what I created you for. He is shaking your life up because he has plans for you this morning. (laughs) Oh, Belshazzar had, I wonder as he was partying what he thought about. See, we We live our life as one big party at times. Things are going great. We're just doing our thing. God's trying to get our attention and He may speak to us in a soft voice. And we we don't hear it. We ignore it. I was thinking about Belshazzar. Maybe, Maybe he didn't hear it the first time. So God tried to get his attention again. Didn't hear it. Just like we. We don't hear it sometimes. And then God keeps doing that. And each time it gets a little bit more apparent and in our lives. If God's ever spoke to you, I'm sure if you know what I'm talking about this morning, it feels like he hits you just like a ton of bricks. He drops you right in your path because he's been trying to speak to you in a soft voice. He's been trying to give you some godly guidance. He's been trying to speak to you through Brother Orby or or through somebody else at your work who maybe shared some scripture with you. He tried to speak to you uh, when you were laying in bed at night and couldn't go to sleep uh, and didn't want to get up. He tried to speak to you in those soft times, but you wouldn't listen, uh, so he had to paint a big billboard. He had to make your life or your world seem to come tumbling down because there are times in your life where God will shake your world up. Uh, Listen, friends, and it will just be so hard, and it will seem like you can't bear it. It'll seem like you can't stand it. It'll seem like you just can't make it anymore. But God just keeps shaking you because when you're shaking, anything in your life that's not secure, that's not right, uh, that's not part of you, it'll start to fall away. Listen, if I was to grab somebody this morning and start shaking them, I bet uh, if they had change in their pocket, it would eventually start to fall out. Are you following me this morning? Uh, God's trying to shake those things out of your life that don't need to be there. He's trying to get those distractions away from you. He wants you to be focused on Him. Listen, it said as Peter stepped out of the boat and he was walking towards God on the water, uh, he he was just fine. But as soon as he turned his face uh, towards the wave, he was distracted and he started to drown. And he said, Lord, save me. I want you to know this morning that those distractions is what God's trying to shake out of your life this morning. 
He wants... He doesn't want to shake your world up. He wants to shake the world up through you. You understand that this morning? You know, we can hear stories where parents get mad maybe and shake their kids real bad babies and, and cause physical harm to them, maybe even death. And I don't want you to associate this in the same manner because when God shakes you, He's not shaking you to hurt you. He's shaking you to help you. He's shaking you to make you better, to make you stronger. He's shaking you to get all those things out of your life that will hurt you, that will destroy you, that will keep you from your blessings, that will keep you from what God has planned for your life. You know, when Jesus was on the cross... This is what it says. It says, as He was on the cross and when He he gave up the ghost, it said, immediately the veil was rent and the ground began to shake. It said, the rocks began to break open. Graves began to break open. It said, the dead, uh, those that were asleep, woke up and walked into the towns. Uh, Listen, that is a movement this morning. Jesus died on the cross and started a movement for us. So that he was making a statement as the ground began to shake. Because I want you to understand something. When, when God moves, things start to shake. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you heard me this morning. When God moves, things start to shake. Things start to move. Churches start to explode. When God, Have you ever been to a revival uh, where it was just so explosive? If you didn't get there early, you couldn't find a seat. People were standing up in the back. That is when God moves, uh, people want to be around it because it's something great. It's something special. Uh, people want to see it. Uh, people want to be a part of it because it's a movement that's just unlike any other movement. It is a, a shaking like any other shaking. You can't find it in this world. Uh, you can't pay for it. Uh, you can't earn it. Uh, listen, friends, it's something that when it happens you go to it because that's where you want to be right there in the middle of God's presence uh, right where he's moving Uh, listen friends he wants you to know this morning uh, that you don't have to go looking for it but he will bring it to your life if you allow him uh, to shake out those distractions and shake out those things that are harming you and focus in on him this morning (laughs) Old old Belshazzar was so scared he uh he started bringing in all his people that he could think of, all his, it says the soothsayers and everybody, to try to read it. Couldn't read what was written on the wall. They had to go get Daniel. <laughs> and when he heard what the writing was, conviction fell upon him. He understood that his life, he was, just, he was, being, he w- he was headed for destruction. I want you to understand something this morning, friends. Again, I'm going to reiterate that God doesn't want to shake your world up. He may be shaking your world up right now. You may know what I'm talking about this morning. Uh, You may have came here this morning just broken and in shambles. You feel like you're just holding on to pieces. Uh, I was thinking about Paul uh, when he was on the boat and he was headed. uh, Listen, he told him uh, in Acts, at the end of Acts, he said, uh, he told the uh, captain that we shouldn't go. There's going to be a great storm. But they didn't listen and they went out. And as they were going, the 
storm came and Paul told them all to stay in the ship and that nobody would perish. And as the, uh, as the storm raged on, they started throwing things overboard. And then the ship started to capsize. Uh, listen, and they were in the water. Uh, they all jumped out and those that were, couldn't swim were grabbing on to pieces of the boat and they were floating. Do you feel like this morning that you are just hanging on to pieces and just floating, just trying to survive? Do you feel that way? Is that how your life is? Listen, God has been shaking you up because he's trying to get your attention. He wants you to understand this morning that he sees you in a bigger stage. He sees you on a bigger light. He sees you as a bigger impact for him, not just somebody that sits in the pew, not just somebody that comes and shakes hands and smiles at him, not just somebody that comes and and listens and, and does not participate, not just somebody that just comes once in a while and drops some money in the offering plate. He sees you as somebody who's going to stand up and testify, who's going to start a spirit, who's going to lead to somebody else testifying, who's going to lead to somebody else, who's going to lead to somebody getting up and singing a song. It's going to lead to a revival breaking out in the church. He sees you as somebody that's going to shake the world this morning. (laughs) I see something better. That's what he's saying. I see something better. You can do better. You can do better. I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one this morning. He's shaking me up all the time. Michael, you can do better. Oh, you can read more. You can study more. You can do better. Uh, You can be a bigger person for me. Uh, You can let that go. That's a petty thing. You can forgive that person. You can be better. Uh, Listen, that's what he's saying to me. Uh, You can do this, Michael. You can be better. You can do that, uh, Michael. You can be better. I I have bigger things for you, Michael. You can be better. There are blessings that you are not partaking in because you uh, can be better this morning. I was thinking about uh, Paul and Silas when they were in prison right before this scripture that we read. But, you know, as Jesus was on that cross and the ground started to shake, I managed one of my buildings I was responsible for at my last job. It was in Baltimore. And uh, they had an earthquake. And everybody knows what you do in an earthquake, right? You get to some, you get, what do you do? If you're in a building, you get underneath like a door jam or something. Something secure. <laughs> you have to get under something. You have to get under something to keep you safe, don't you? Because things start to fall. Oh, you're not following me this morning. You're going to get hurt. So, what we tell them to do as we prepare for emergency situations in our work environment, as we say, if there's an earthquake, you are, if you're in your office, you are to get under your desk. Because your desk is something that is hard, secure, that will keep you safe. If something falls, it won't fall on you. If you are not near a desk, then you are able to get into a door jam. A door jam is significant because that's part of the structure of the building. <laughs> I want you to know something that this world is shaken. <laughs> And people are looking for something safe to get under. People want to find something because things are dangerous. Things are falling. People are terrified. They're scared. They're going to get hurt. And listen, God is telling them, well, go to this person. Go to that person. They're secure. They're part of my church. They're part of my structure. Uh, They are part of my family. They are part of my life. Go to them. They'll pray for you. Uh, They'll read scripture to you. They will testify to you. Uh, They will witness to you. They will change your life through me. Uh, Listen, God is wanting people to be part of his structure this morning so that when the ground starts to shake, people have a place to go. Uh, Listen, friends, I want you to think about when you were lost and didn't know Christ and your world started to shake up. (laughs) I'm going to get a little bit excited this morning. And your world started to shake 
wake up and God started to speak to you and it just seemed like you were hanging on to pieces and you had to go run to somebody who was secure in God that was the foundation, a part of his cornerstone, a built within his church. Are you following me this morning? That when the ground started to shake and things started to fall on the world and on your life, uh, that you weren't hurt by it or impacted by it and you were able to shake it off just as it said uh, when Paul and uh, when they were beaten uh, for Jesus in the book of Acts and the disciples it said that they left the city and they shook the dust off their feet uh, because listen friends it didn't matter what the world threw at them uh, that was just something that was a distraction it wasn't going to bother them because they were safe and secure in God they were safe and secure in Jesus they were part of his family uh, they were part of his church and nothing that the world could do uh, would uh, stop them or misdirect them or slow them down uh, they were going to keep uh, pressing on uh, for the kingdom of God they were going to stay in their path and that's what he wants you to do this morning uh, not just for yourself uh, but for others because the world is a shaking out there and he is wanting you to know that he needs people that he can send them to uh, to help guide them and direct them and keep them safe <laughs> it's not just about you this morning oh <laughs> that's a different message <laughs> it's not about us see we think it's about us we like to pretend it's about us but it's not <laughs> it's about other people it's about God you are representing something greater than yourself you understand that God demands higher things from you because you are representing him because it is about Him and not about us. And then when He says, I need you to be strong, I need you to shake your dust off your feet, I need you to forgive that person, I need you to read more, I need you to study more, I need you to pray harder, I need you to get up when I speak to you, I need you to move when I tell you to move, I need you to go on a mission trip, I need you to be a member of the church, I need you to uh, be a preacher, I need you to be a singer, I need you to testify when He tells you to do these things. He's not just telling you to do it because He wants to see if he can how, how far He can push you. He's doing it because He knows that you're going to do something that's going to lead someone else to Him and they may they do something that's going to lead somebody else and it's going to start a chain reaction that will start to shake the world. Are you following me this morning? He wants you to start to shake the world. <laughs> so Paul and Silas have said they were in, they were in prison. <laughs> he said at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises. We might be familiar with this story. And as they sang praises... To God, it said the prisoners heard them. Yeah, follow me. That's scripture. This isn't just Michael talking. That's, that's scripture. The prisoners heard Paul and Silas in prison. Okay, their world might be in shambles. They might be hanging on to pieces, but Paul and Silas ain't going to let it bother them. I might be in prison. I, God, I'm doing all this for you. God, you, you, you blinded me and then you gave me my eyesight back, but yet you can't get me out of prison. God, you told me to go and preach and do this and do that and witness you, and then you let me get thrown into prison. God, you seem to take care of all these big things, but these little things that come up, you don't ever want to seem to take care of them. God, I don't understand that. Why is that that way? But Paul and Silas, they weren't like that because they knew it wasn't about them. They were concerned about what the world was throwing at them. And as they're in prison and in bondage and in chains, they start to sing praises to God at midnight. Uh, that's, uh, that's significant. I want you to understand something because uh, what do most of you do at midnight? We're usually sleeping, and Paul and Silas were 
probably uh, tired and exhausted from the beatings they had been taking. But Paul and Silas in prison at midnight said, God, we're going to praise you even in our darkest hour, even in the worst time, even when the world throws everything they have at us. We're just going to shake our feet off and we're going to give you praise. And it says that the prisoners heard them. Uh, Listen, and then the ground started to shake. (laughs) Uh, God started to do something. Are you following me this morning? Uh, Something started to happen in that prison cell because I want you to know something that God's not tied to these four walls. Uh, The church is not within these four walls. It is within you this morning. (laughs) And something started to happen in that prison. (laughs) And it started to shake and it said the doors opened up and the chains fell off of them. And they stayed there. (laughs) The guards woke up. They thought that all the prisoners fleed. And as the guard was getting ready to kill himself, Paul said, wait a second. Wait a second. We're still here. Because again, Paul wasn't interested in getting out of his trouble. He wasn't interested in getting away from his trouble. He was interested in seeing what God could do through him in his trouble. (laughs) So many of us, we pray, God, get me out of this. God, I need you to take this away from me. God, I need you to do this. God, I need you to do that. I can't stand this anymore. I'm going to tell you something. God, the Bible tells us He will not put more on you than you can handle. You can stand it. Hold on a little longer. You can make it. Hold on a little longer. God wants to do something great uh, through you. He wants to shake the world uh, through you this morning in your trouble, not out of it. He wants to shake the world through you this morning and what you're going through. He doesn't want to take it away from you. He wants to do it with what you're dealing with because that is how it's going to start that chain reaction. That is how you're going to shake the world. That is how the prisoners of this world will start to hear you. They start to see something different. They say, wait, wait, what's going on here? If that was me, I'd be gone. What's going on? I don't understand. I don't understand. Why are you singing praises to God? You're in prison. I don't understand. That's what the world wants to see. That's what God needs the world to see through you. That it doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter about your circumstance because your joy comes from something greater than this world. And the world can't take that away from you. I'm getting ready to close this morning. But I want to close this morning... In, in Scripture, uh, Acts chapter 8, just a couple chapters before that. And if you have your Bibles and you want to turn there, it would be good to read this with me. Acts, Acts chapter 8. In verse 1 it says, And Saul was consenting unto his death. This is just after. Oh, bear with me this morning. This is just after. Stephen was stoned to death. This is before Saul was converted to Paul. This was before the road to Damascus. This was before that. God was using Saul in a way, and I want to explain that this morning. God was using Saul long before Saul even knew it. (laughs) But listen... See, when, when Jesus was there, the disciples made a dis- life decision to stop what they were doing, to stop what they'd known their entire life to follow Jesus. They gave up their, their skills, their abilities, their only source of income to provide for themselves. They gave it up to follow Jesus. And then Jesus went and left them physically. And the disciples were just distraught over it. They were upset. They were tore up. They were dis- they were. Afraid and sad and scared. So what they do? They went to Jerusalem. <laughs> See, God, Jesus told him, He said, "Go to Jerusalem and tarry there." But He also told him, He says, "I want you to go into all the world 
<laughs> and tell them about me. The disciples were so tore up that they didn't have Jesus anymore to follow that as they were in Jerusalem, they went to Jerusalem because it still felt like Jesus. That was the last place he was there. Still kind of felt like him. It smelt like him. It was, the, it was the closest in their mind that they could get to him. Are you following me this morning? And it says earlier in the book of Acts that as they were standing there, as they were in the upper room, that the Holy Spirit came down. And it said that, Paul, that Peter stood up and started to preach and thousands upon thousands were added to the book of life. And they stayed in Jerusalem. And as they were there, things started to happen in that city, in the city of Jerusalem. More preaching took place. The Spirit started to spread in Jerusalem, right in Jerusalem. Understand, God told them that they were to go into all the world and tell them about Jesus, but they were in Jerusalem. And things were happening. And that's where we pick up right here. And just after the stoning of Stephen, it says, And Saul was consenting unto his death. That means he was... He allowed Stephen to be stoned. And at this time there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, it says he made havoc of the church. He was shaking it up. If, stay with me. He, he was shaking up the church, entering into every house. And hailing men and women, committed them to prison. And verse 4 says, Therefore they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. I want you to know something this morning, that your life may be shaken up. Your world may be shaken up. Because it, God is saying to you, it is time to move. I didn't call you to come to Jerusalem and sit. I didn't call you to come to Jerusalem and get comfortable. I called you to a bigger calling. I called you to do something great. I see bigger things in you. I know you can do better. I know you can do more for me. Uh, you're not even taking on uh, everything that I have in store for you. I know that you can move mountains. I know that you can shake the world. But you've got to move. You've got to get out of the pew. You've got to get out of the church. You've got to get out into the world. Uh, you've got to get out of this comfort zone that you have. Listen, uh, have you ever been in a church where people start to shout and other people start to look at them. You know what that is? That's making those other people uncomfortable because uh, those people are comfortable this morning and just sitting in the pew and they're okay with just hearing the word. Uh, they're okay with maybe raising their hand once in a while uh, but God wants you to do more. Uh, God wants you to be a participant in his word. Uh, God wants you to be a participant in his calling. Uh, not just somebody that come and spectate. He doesn't want you to sit on the sidelines. He wants you to get in the game this morning and make a change in your church, in your family, in your community, in your neighborhood, in your workplace. He wants you to be the one uh, to shake things up this morning. <laughs> and it says, I want you to really listen to this, okay? Verse 5, this is where it all sinks in. Verse 5 right there says, then Philip, <laughs> then when the church started to get shook up, when Saul started to wreak havoc, it says, then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. Then he moved. God is ready for you to move this morning. God wants you to do something greater than what you've been doing. And I thought to myself, how can, how can I explain that? <laughs> See, 
God's given you something. Amen. If He's given you something, it's more say amen. He's put something in your life. He's put something in your life. When you accepted Him into your heart, He gave you something. Something you couldn't find in this world. Something you couldn't buy. Something you couldn't earn. Something you were looking for for years and couldn't find. He gave it to you. Free of charge. (laughs) He died on the cross for you. So that you can be different. (laughs) Oh, So that you can be powerful. So that you can shake things up. But what we have done with it is we have put a lid on it. (laughs) We don't want to share it. (laughs) Don't worry, I'm not going to spray you this morning. (laughs) We don't want to share it. Oh, God. You've given me something and I I can't keep it inside. (laughs) What's the song? He says, He brought salvation and made me whole, but I found that I couldn't hide His love. (laughs) I said, I'm going to hold on to this, but I I ain't going to tell nobody. The world, my world, the world I live in ain't ready for it. They may reject me. They may persecute me. They may, uh, they may not hang out with me. They may not be nice to me. They may, may make fun of me. I can't tell them about what God's done for me because I'm not ready for what the response might be. Uh, that's what we say. And so we put a lid on it. <laughs> and we limit God's ability. Listen to me. We, we limit God's ability to move mountains in, in, in the world through us. Because we put a lid on it. Because that lid... Is on it. He can only, he can only give you so much. Look, this this pop can't hold much more, can it? It's full. It's about to explode. There's some people in this church this morning about to explode. You've been hanging on to uh, to scraps. You've been floating in the water. There are people this morning about to explode. You're about to explode. And God needs you to take the lid off uh, so you can explode to the world. If I was to open this right now, there would be a lot of mad church members at me because we would all get wet. Uh, Listen, if I was to take this top off, it would start to shoot out and spray. Uh, You have something inside of you that God needs to spray uh, to this world. But you need to take the lid off. Uh, You need to be part of the movement and not part of the memorial. Uh, Quit acting like this is something that's over and done with because it says that God is alive and sits at the right hand of the Father and He makes an intercession for us this morning. I want you to understand something this morning that He hears you when you pray. Give Him praise this morning. He hears you this morning. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Have you been shaken up? Uh, Listen, am I the only one uh, that's being shaken? Uh, Listen, God hears you pray. Uh, God sees you read. Uh, God sees you cry up and over your bedside at night as you pray for your lost loved one. Uh, God is alive and he's talking to his father and he's telling him a 
oh, this is my child. Oh, I'm going to shake him up. He's going to do mountains. They're going to change the world. They are going to shake the world up. Are you the person that the devil is scared to death of when you wake up in the morning because you're going to shake the world when you get out of bed and start to do stuff for Christ? It's not about us this morning. This world is not your home this morning. We are just passing through this morning. Understand that. Quit investing in here and start investing up there. I'm going to ask everybody stand this morning. I want you to understand something. We read the Bible, and you can read about all the st- you can read about all the the, Bi- the men in the Bible, the Moseses, the Abrahams, the Pauls, the Peters, the disciples, the Elijahs and Elijahs, uh, Jeremiah, all all the great men of the Bible. And we talk about them as they're somebody great because they, they had a significant event or impact on, our, on the Christian uh, faith and the Christian world. They were part, we talk about them as if it's a memorial. They are part of the memorial because they were willing to be part of the movement when they were alive. Yeah. I'm going to tell you that you are on a clock this morning. You are on a clock. You, all, you will die this morning. At some point, we will all die. And your clock is running out. Your ability to move the world, to shake the world, is running out because you keep a lid on it. And it is time this morning to be bigger than that. It is time this morning to be better than that. It is time this morning to move. So as they play the song, will you come? Will you come and move? Will you be bigger? Will you come? We're going to close. And Anybody has a word before we close this morning? Amen. All the veterans that are here, and I know it's Memorial Day, and but all the, all the veterans, anybody who's had family that they've lost, we, we want to just give you a round of applause and thank you for your service this morning. Um, all hearts and minds clear. Brother Brad, will you dismiss us in prayer?